The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Friday, June the 9th, and we have our special Turbo Friday show. Uh, we're going to look at a handful of games for Saturday's MLB card, and then we like our Futures Friday as well. Uh, it's been going well. So we have, um, we're going to look at the MVP stuff. Uh, AL MVP and NL MVP. See if we can find any fancy prices in those. Um, busy weekend of sport coming up. All sorts of things going on. And right at the heart of it, uh, it's going to be Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, I know that I'm looking forward to going through the lock dog in total because I did it last week. It was fun. I went 2-1 and one on those three picks. So hopefully we'll keep rolling once again. Yeah, and you've got a, a busy weekend. Are you all prepped for the Belmont? Have you done your homework yet? Because uh, you were just telling me you had a, you had a bad beat in the tennis today. Uh, I did. Uh, unfortunately, Alcaraz got injured and it ruined my total. But for the sake of the prep, I believe you did my prep for me. I just have to listen <laughs> to what you have to say. So. That's how this network works, isn't it? Uh, it draws you in because I've, since I've been involved in this network, man, I've bet um, NASCAR, I think, was the weirdest one. Um, that I've been, but I've been on, I've done lacrosse and you name it. Like my uh, my little betting history has got all sorts of weird and wonderful things on uh, because of the good the good DJs at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, absolutely outstanding. Uh, love it. Yeah, I've got the, the Champions League tomorrow as well as the Belmont. So um, a big night tomorrow. But we've got baseball. It never stops. Uh, we've got a full card tomorrow. I've picked three games out. I think you've done similar. Um, so... I'll tell you what, Scott, do you want to, we'll let you lead us off. Give us your, anything you like, uh, which game, and uh, take us through it. All right. Uh, so for, I'm going to start off with the lock, actually. Uh, it might sound a little bit controversial, but I am going to do it anyway. I'm going to take the Reds' first five plus a half in the first five uh, with Abbott going up against uh, Nicholas. Nicholas has been pitching better lately, but he kind of got roughed up a little bit last time out against Pittsburgh. He only gave up two runs. But he gave up 10 hits, and it does seem like the hits have been a problem this year. He's given up 85 hits in just 74 and two-thirds innings pitched. And you're looking at Abbott. He has not pitched that much, but I'll tell you what. His first start, he looked really, really good. I know he's a top prospect for Cincinnati. He looked fantastic uh, on the mound. And the Cardinals, once again, are just a really underwhelming baseball team. They're not good, and they're 12-16 and 16 at home. So the point is, I do think, once again, with Abbott being a really, really solid uh, young arm, for Cincinnati, maybe he'll struggle at some point once they figure him out. But since he is re a really limited sample size, I do think he's in line for a pretty good start here. And with Nicholas giving a bunch of hits and the fact that Cincinnati has a lot of speed and a lot of overall talent from top to bottom in terms of contact hitters, I do think that the Reds have the type of lineup to give Nicholas problems because Nicholas does kind of pitch to contact. But Abin's first start, six innings, six strikeouts, only one hit allowed. I'll take Cincinnati first five plus a half. I just think that getting a Reds team that has been pretty good lately against the Cardinals team that's been underwhelming all year long and Nicholas, who gives up a lot of hits against this lineup, I think there's a good spot there. So give me the Reds first five plus a half. Well, yeah, that was one of my games as well that, that I picked out. And I've got that down as my dog, as the Reds 
uh, full game. So obviously, um, a lot of the reasons you just uh, gave out. The Reds are plus 140 in this spot uh, with St. Louis at minus 170. Um, Abbott had that great start. Uh, six scoreless um, with six strikeouts against the Brewers. Now, I did... I've got one little note on Abbott here that I thought could lead to a to a nice bet. Um, St. Louis don't strike out very much at all and they hit lefties okay. So I'm not sure how deep Abbott could go into this game. I think with him only having one start and him striking out six, you might see a, a, a K prop of five and a half or six. Uh, so I think you could get under that. So that might be one way of fading Abbott in this spot. However, like I say, I am going to take the Reds in this game. Miles Michaelis is a quite a, I find him quite a difficult watch, Scott. Like I used to have this with Kyle Hendricks, and Michaelis is now kind of taking over from Kyle Hendricks. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. Like he's just sort of fiddling around the edges, and you you're hoping that he that the batter's out rather than expecting him to be out. I also noticed that ten hit game last time against Pittsburgh. Um, his home ERA isn't great either. Um, I just think you have to give the Reds a chance at the prices. We pretty much handicapped this game exactly the same last night as well, didn't we? With uh, was it Ben Lively? Yeah. Um, against Jordan Montgomery, uh, same prices, same handicap. Um, the Ellie Dela Cruz, uh, a little fun fact I learned today: um, been in the majors three days and has the two hardest hit balls in Cincinnati Reds history uh, in his three days, which is quite a good effort. Uh, so yeah, well done, Ellie's. Uh, we talked about him last night as well. He's going to be loads of fun to watch. So, yeah, I was completely on the same page with you um, in Cincinnati Reds. Although, again, I need to learn to be a little bit more um, shrewd, shall we say, and maybe look at the first five rather than the, the full game. So, uh, we'll see how that one pans out. Um, if you wanted to get involved, some of the futures we're going to talk about later on are the perfect thing to get involved with um, if you're going to use a product like our our sponsor, Edge Boost. Um, Edge Boost, the first bet now pay later Visa card. Um, Edge currently offering up to $2,500 in betting advances, which could be an extremely valuable tool. Uh, that increased bankroll, it's perfect just for things like futures. If you don't want to tie up your money and wait five, six, seven months for it, um, but you have a little fancy, if you've got something 25 or 33 to 1, uh, which we have later on, um, Edge Boost is absolutely ideal for that sort of thing. Um they charge zero interest, so there's nothing underhand or sleazy about it. Um, just helps you access a little bit more money that you can place on your favourite bets without paying that interest. Um, there's daily, weekly, monthly limits as well. Uh, so you can support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Um, okay, next up, I will take... Um, I've got my total here. And it's not a surprise. Well, saying that, it's a it's a total, and I've got a um, I've picked a side as well because I haven't seen the total. So I've got the over in the San Diego Padres in Colorado Rockies game, but obviously that's very dependent on the total. Have you seen any lines on that at um, all, Scott? Yeah, well, I see weather is supposed to go up against Freeland. The total on Fanduel is at twelve and a half, with oh, just wow. the under over is even money. Yeah. So I'm assuming if you want to, you can get a juice twelve. Yeah, so there you go. That's exactly the, why I couldn't fully give it out. As you know, I handicap these games kind of mid-afternoon my time uh, and miss these lines. Ryan Weathers has been a real problem. Like uh, He's got a 5.09 ERA on the season, but that's 7.36 in his last five games, uh, of which San Diego have lost four of them. 
He's given up loads of hits. He's given up loads of walks. Colorado have a 282 home batting average. So it just all points towards runs. And like I said, I could easily pivot away from this tool and just give out the Rockies here. Um, Kyle Freeland was going along really well, um, but he's given up hits and runs in his last four starts. He's better at home. He's had one great start against the Padres at home where he pitched six innings uh, scoreless, only gave up three hits. My only worry was the Padres are hitting lefties much better uh, than the hitting righties, 242. Um, and the Padres seem to be heating up a little bit. Now, I know it annoys me when people say, if you take out these games, then, because you can't take out those games. Having said that, I am now going to take out the following games. Um, the Padres had a low-scoring series in Wrigley Field uh, at the Cubs, which can happen. So, having put a line through those, they've scored 38 in the last six games. Juan Soda's heating up. Uh, Scott, you rightly pointed out last night, he had a five-hit uh, game. Um, the 12-and-a-half is big. Um, but I, I wouldn't be put off Colorado here in this spot, at plus 120. I just think um, Colorado can get the weathers to such an extent uh, that the Padres might have to score seven or eight runs if they want to win the game, uh, in which case we, we can cash the over anyway. So... Uh, that would be my reason of that one. Any thoughts, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I was on the over for the team total in tonight's game, Friday night's game for the Padres yeah. game, just because I don't trust the pitchers and cores. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at the Rockies, the bullpen's brutal, the rotation's brutal, and uh, I'm not a fan of weathers either. So if you're talking about just getting an over and what should be a slugfest with two pitchers you don't exactly want to back, you're not going to get any argument from me. Um, the YouTube faces, the usual uh, suspects are lurking around. Good evening, gents. Captain Insano was first in. Uh, Dylan and Serial as well. Uh, I think Serial comment on the fact that myself and Scott are never off this uh, network at the moment. But, um, you know, what, what, the grind is real, Serial. We're churning out um, all of these different sports. So at some point, we'll find a winner somewhere. Um, Scott, what was your second pick for tomorrow's sleep? Yeah, so since you gave out a total, I'll go to a total. I'm going to look at the Diamondbacks team total in this one. I'm assuming it's going to be four and a half because right now they're minus 125 on the money line and the total's at eight and a half. So it'll probably be a juiced four and a half. I got to fade Matt Boyd for a team total of four and a half. I don't know why this line is so low. Boyd, so far this season, has a 5.57 ERA. But I got to point out the home road splits because he's made five starts at home this season. 22 and two-thirds innings pitched, 8.34 ERA. Arizona is currently ranking 13th in OPS against lefties, so they are a pretty decent team against lefties, and Arizona is a top-five team in the league in terms of runs per game. Uh, they rank fifth, and if you want to look at Arizona on the road, they rank fifth. So Arizona's been a very good offensive team on the road, and they've been pretty good against lefties. It's mostly fading Boyd, though. If you're going to give me a guy with an 8-plus ERA at home and I can fade him with a top-five offense with a team total with a guaranteed nine of bats on the road of only four and a half, I got to take the over four and a half for an Arizona team total. That line seems very, very low to me. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with that, Scott. I, I like um, Matt Boyd. I have a bit of a soft spot for him. I, I liked find him, him a couple quite of years easy. ago. Then he kept getting injured, and now he's not yeah. the same. He had the wipeout uh, slider for a couple of years, and that kind of went by the wayside. Uh, I find him quite easy to root for. You kind of want him to want him to get back um, on that Detroit team. But yeah, it doesn't look like tomorrow's the right spot. I think Ryan Nelson could be vulnerable as well. So I think you do right just to take the D-backs team total in that game rather than uh, Detroit outright. 
Um, my third pick. I know. I don't know why we call this long dog tour because what I've got tonight is dog, dog, dog. I've given out Cincinnati. I've given out Colorado. And my third pick. I'm going to go to uh, fasten your seatbelts. Um, Oakland against Milwaukee, uh, where Paul Blackburn pitches for Oakland. Julio Tehran goes for the Brewers. Uh, plus one seventy on the A's, minus two hundred on the Brewers. Um, and my pick's going to be Oakland on the first five here um, for two reasons. I'm quite keen on Paul Blackburn. I think he can go okay. And I quite like to feed uh, Julio Tehran. It seems like a good spot to feed him in because he appears to be at the peak of his powers. Or uh, I don't think he'll be minus 200 very often this season. Um, he certainly doesn't deserve to be that. Paul Blackburn's only just come uh, back this season from injury. He's had two starts. His first one was good. Um, four winnings, four hits, one earned run against Atlanta. His second wasn't good. Uh, wasn't as good. Um, gave up seven hits and five earned runs um, against uh, at Miami. Uh, it, was, it was kind of one home run that undone him. But you just hope to see some progression from him. In 2022, um, 13 games started on the road, Scott. Uh, pop quiz. What was Paul Blackburn's road ERA last year? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> do you, uh, I feel like it's going to start with a one because I know he was really Ooh. good last year. Am I already wrong? Yeah. Yeah, you've is given like, him a little is bit it like too. Two, is it like 2.35 or something? It's 2.12. Yeah, so you're not far you, away. Like, okay, I tried. Um, and like I say, Julio Tehran is coming. He's had three starts. I don't think anyone expected him to be particularly good, um, but he has been. Uh, 17 and a third pitched, three earned runs in those three starts. Uh, it's a question of can it continue? And I'm kind of that, uh, no. Uh, couple that with the offense. This is, I'm astounded myself when I located this this afternoon. Milwaukee have the lowest runs scored in their division. They're top. They are leading the division and have scored the fewest runs out of everyone. That's pretty impressive. Um, in every category, you look around, it says 24th, 25th, 29th. They're just way down there. Stolen base is the only category where they're in single figures. Um, Oakland scored a few runs lately. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take Blackburn. I'll feed Tehran, but I'm going to do it early. I'll take Oakland in the first five, Scott. Am I mad? Uh, no, because I like Blackburn. And I mean, Tehran's Me. been good. You make an argument that his stuff is kind of smoke and mirrors but he's still been be he's been effective this year which is a bit of a surprise but i don't mind it blackburn's been a good pitcher for them for the last couple of years and you're not afraid of taking some spins with oakland in the past and it's actually fared quite well for you so i don't mind it i mean if you want to look at milwaukee by the way they are in first place in their division with a negative 15 run differential <laughs> that's great outstanding um, okay, so that, yeah, that's big. Yeah, Oakland's run differential a smooth negative two hundred. Just for the just ah, for nice, but, yeah, nice round. round oh, but uh, give us your final pick, Scott. All right, so I actually had a couple of options here. If I wanted to go for the home run swing, I would actually potentially take Washington with Gore because I'm not a Schuster guy, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not that bold. Uh, I think I am going to go though with a play on the White Sox at plus one sixteen. The problem here is that Eloy got injured yesterday, and I'm not sure if he's going to be back for a while. It looked pretty bad. I'm assuming his Achilles might be shot. He might end up having to go on the IL for a month, which isn't ideal because Eloy is one of their best hitters. But I, I can't lay 135 with Alcantara. Alcantara's been a mess. I, I just think at the end of the day with Kopech, he has a home run issue. 
which I'm aware of. But the point is, I do think at at this price range, the White Sox have been better lately for the last month or so. They got off to a really bad start. The Marlins have been playing good baseball. I get all that. But when you're looking at the overall numbers for Alcantara, I think I just have to blindly fade him at this point. Uh, Kopech, once again, can give up some home runs, but his whip is actually lower than Alcantara's. His ERA is better than Alcantara's. Alcantara has a 5.07 ERA. Kopech has a 4.33. So once again, his numbers aren't amazing per se, and his home road numbers are basically even. But you're looking at the last couple starts Kopech has made, and he's allowed less than three earned in three of his last four starts. So he might have turned a corner a little bit over the last month or so. Alcantara has just been a mess. He got shelled by Oakland last week. I lost you there briefly, Scott, but you're back. Oh, okay, sorry. So I don't know when the last thing you heard was, but I was mentioning Alcantara's numbers. Gave up five runs to Oakland, four runs to San Diego, two runs to Colorado, four runs to the Giants, six runs to the Reds. He gives up runs. Just simply put, I'm going to go with the White Sox money line. I think it's at like plus 116. Alfredo Contra, who's been pretty much an auto fade at this point, and Kopech's been good three of the last four outings. Give me the White Sox. Um, you're, yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Scott. If we were doing a, a, a usual, a normal show where I was looking at all 15 games, so I opened the, the, the screen today, looked at the 15 games, and I knew I was only having to pick three. So your eyes immediately are looking for which games do I want to pick? Where am I immediately drawn to? And Mackenzie Gore against... Jared Schuster was one. Uh, I steered away from it the same as you. And then the other one was Sandy Alcantara, interested in fading him. Uh, Kopech, interested in backing him. Uh, And then I found some other games to do. And I hadn't actually looked at those odds. And I'm pretty astonished that uh, Kopech is plus money. So, yeah, I completely and utterly agree with everything uh, you said. Um, Underdog Fantasy is back on the show. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of wins, ways to win with NBA, NHL and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus. Up to $100 at underdogfantasy.com Promo code SGPN Okay, so Futures Friday uh, we've looked at some divisions and all that stuff over the last few weeks. So uh, we're going to dip into the MVP um, awards tonight. Uh, we'll start in the American League. Um, I'll just run you through the kind of the top end of the market and then we'll let Scott see uh, where where he alighted on this. Shohei Otani is your market leader. Um, what price is Shohei? I've got this in decimal and not American. Uh, I found one point, minus 155. There you go. So, yeah, Otani minus uh, 155. Out to Aaron Judge then at 9-2. to two. And then it's any price you like after that. Uh, Vladi at 20-1. Alvarez 20-1. Mike Trout 25. Simeon 25s. Um, so, could you find your way past um, Shohei Otani, Scott? Well, it wouldn't be much of a conversation if I didn't. So, I'm going to have to pick somebody else. But Otani would be my pick right now. Just simply put, I mean, he's a, he's a cheat code for awards because he does two things and other guys only do one thing. So he automatically has an advantage there because he's been pitching very well and he's been hitting well too. First of all, toss Judge out. There's no chance Judge is going to win the award. He's going to be out for potentially until the All-Star break. There's no chance he wins. So Judge can be 
20 to 1 for all I care. He's going to miss too much time. So I'm out on Judge. Uh, I think Jordan's tempting at 16 to 1 because he's an absolute monster. And we know how much uh, he can produce offensively. Simeon is interesting if you want to go for a guy on a good team. The problem is Texas's entire lineup is really, really good. So I don't think they're going to single out Simeon because the entire offense is great from basically one to eight. And they got Tavares at nine, who I'm not a big fan of. But still, the point is they have eight serious threats in the lineup. So Simeon, I'm not interested in. I think Wander Franco or Bichette might be worth a look. If Toronto goes on a serious run and they potentially compete for a division title, Bichette's probably going to lead the AL in hits. So at least he'll lead a category. He might lead the league in batting average. So Bichette at 30 to 1, maybe I can be tempted by. Franco's just picking the best player for the best team in the AL. But for the sake of this award, Otani's going to probably win it if he stays healthy because all the voters are going to look at the, you know, the shiny objects of the pitching stats and the hitting stats, and they're going to merge it together. And the fact he didn't win it last year, they're going to give it to him again. But if I had to pick a long shot there, probably a flyer on Bichette because he might lead the AL in hitting. And I do think if you're leading the AL in something, you got a shot at it. So those would be my two. No chance I'm picking Judge. Judge is a waste of money. That's my buyer beware. I would not recommend taking Judge. Um, yeah, this is quite uncanny, Scott, is that unbeknown to you, I've kind of landed in the same places as you. My preseason picks were Mike Trout and Bo Bichette. So Mike Trout is a bigger price now than he was. However, I took Bichette at 50 to 1 earlier in the season, is now into 30 to 1. So I steered away from Bichette for the purposes of this because I've already got him uh, in my portfolio at 30 to 1, but I completely agree with you. Um, I'm quite happy to feed Otani. There's, if he was dominating in either one of his two disciplines, pitching or batting, but he's he's not really. He's, he's doing great in both and he's still a phenom, obviously, but he's 35th in starting pitching war. 330 ERA. It's all right. It's fine. He's 38 in batting wall, uh, 274 average. It's all right. It's fine. But, and I do think people aren't as in awe of him as they were last year. We've seen it now. We know what to expect. Like every day, it was Otani last night did this. He was the first player to do this. And I don't think we're seeing that as much this year. I certainly don't feel, it's like we're, we're used to him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that price for a reason. I've, I did say the price. Magnus more a voter fatigue potentially because we've seen. Yeah, it. yeah, it's just people are kind of over it. Like the that wow factor, the shock and awe is gone. Like um, I've got minus one forty. I've got him down as I did find the price. I had written it down. Um, totally agree with you on Judge. I drew a line through Alvarez for the same reason is that he was injured last night. Um, so I, I don't know how serious it is. Um, but when I was handicapping this, I actually saw that news come through um, that he, he hurt his side, I think, last night. So, Bichette was one. My other pick was Wanda Franco, uh, 28 to 1. Um, first in war, has a 3 or 3 batting average, hasn't got much power, but his count numbers are good. He's got a load of stolen bases, 22. So, he could end up with a 25 homer, 50 stolen base season. Um, and if Tampa Bay keep rolling the way they are, I think they'd find him hard to ignore at that price of 28 to 1. So, yeah, uh, very similar thoughts to you, Scott, on that one. Um, moving across to the National League, uh, let me find the top of the market here. I've got my local book open. Um, 
So we have Ronald Acuna Jr. favourite at five to four, uh, plus one twenty. Uh, Freddie Freeman is next in at five to one. He's the only other single figure priced runner um, out to Mookie Betts at twelves. Peter Alonso, who for the same reason as we just drew a line through Aaron Judge, uh, Peter Alonso is going to be out for a lot of time. Um, hand wrist, whatever he broke the other night. Um, Juan Soto at twenty to one. was broken, but he'll be probably out for another week. We'll see. Yeah, it was, so yeah, so not not devastating. Uh, Soto twenty to one, and then it's twenty five to one or bigger. The rest, which encompasses Goldschmidt and Tatis. Um, so same question, really, Scott. Can you see past the short price favorite? It's really difficult too because Acuna has a shot at what sixty stolen bases. <laughs> 70? I I mean, he might go for as many as he wants to, to be honest, but you always have durability concerns with Acuna. I mean, you have durability concerns with anybody you're going to bet on, but Acuna has a history of some injuries, so there is a bit of a concern there if he does get hurt, if he's worth taking at plus 110. I'm not sure if he's worth taking it. To be honest, I think you might have missed the boat already if you ended up wanting to take Acuna, but it's really tough to find other options because Freeman and Betts play for the same team. They're going to take votes away. And as crazy as it sounds, I don't think the Dodgers are good enough this year. Like, do you think they are? They're they're fine. They're not even in first place right now. Like, I feel like the Braves, if they truly approach 100 wins, they're going to automatically lean towards the Braves. The Dodgers need to get it together, just simply put. So I'm not interested in them. I think Soto is bizarre at plus uh, at 22 to 1. I love Soto as a player, and I know that this is an outdated stat to care about. There's no way a guy should have the fourth fewest, a uh, fourth lowest odds to win the MVP, and he's batting 265. That's absurd to me. There's yeah. no way that a guy is going to win an award batting like that. So I don't see that happening. I'd be more tempted by Tatis over Soto, but I don't see that either. Goldschmidt's at 28 to one. The Cardinals stink. That's just a waste of time. Alonso would be tempting if I knew he was going to not miss time. So. Maybe you gamble on Alonzo and you hope he only misses a week, but the Mets are also bad. So I, once again, it's tricky. Yep. A rise? A rise is tempting. If Let's just say by some miracle, he pulls a Ted Williams. He bats 400. Do you blindly give him the award? Maybe. I don't know. You need an historical showing, but a 35 to 1, I could be swayed by it. I think if I had to go for a long shot, it'd be a rise, but I think Acuna should be favored. I can't back a Dodger just because I don't think the team's good enough right now. They're not going to give it to him. But Freeman should be ahead of bets. If I had to pick a long shot, it would be a rise. But realistically, barring injury, Acuna's going to run away with this thing. Um, you're really out on the Cardinals, Scott. That's something I've picked up over the last don't 48 I hours. <laughs> doing no, no, I'm, I'm uh, out on them for the sake of award chasing. The NL Central is brutal. But if the Cardinals win the division, winning 83 games, an MVP is not coming from an 83-win team. Um, Captain Insano in the chat is making the exact point about the raise. Um, if he bats somehow over 400, saying the players who break records uh, win awards. And breaking news from Captain, this is what we're here for. Uh, Alonso's going to be out three to four weeks, apparently. That's been announced as well. Um, yeah, so so I'm yeah, we can... obviously not on Alonso anymore, 28 to 1. But a rise is the only long shot I could be tempted by, unless you think. Maybe a pitcher goes crazy and ends up having insane numbers in the second half. But when it comes to batters, I mean, do you want to take a spin with Goldschmidt or anybody? Because it would also be a repeat MVP for Goldschmidt, and the Cardinals are this bad. 
I don't think they're going to give Goldschmidt the award. I think he got his MVP last year. They'll look elsewhere. Acuna should be favored, but a rise is my long shot. In the unlikely event he does bat 400, there would be serious consideration. Uh, well, I might just have one for you here, Scott. Let's see if I can make my case. Again, preseason, I took, and this wasn't my intent, just to come on and have a little flex, um, but I got Acuna at 9-1. to one. So um, the fact that he's now uh, 5-4 to four plus 120, um, I'm perfectly happy with that. So if I was looking around for a safety net, um, Freddie Freeman is your perennial alternative, but you'd want bigger than that. Alonso's injured. I don't want either of the Padres. Um, my pick was Sean Murphy at 33-1. to one. Um, So for a catcher, he's playing... 90% of the time thereabouts for Atlanta. Um, he's hitting 287, uh, which is a great number. He's, he's batting cleanup for them. He has 12 home runs. His numbers are in and around the premium players. If you look, um, his numbers are in and around Acuna, Freeman, uh, Bichette, Betts, um, the established studs of the game. Um, Sean Murphy is holding his own with them. Um, and then you can add into that. Now, I don't know. You can help me out on this because I don't have the background that, that you have. Um, he's currently the most valuable defender in the league as well. And it's not just all catches at the top. Jonah Heim's up there, but then there's a lot of the good short stops, etc., yeah. in the game, middle infielders. Um, so it's not just a catcher specific thing that you're going to be top of that. Um, how much, Scott, would that um, be taken into account in an awards like this? Or is it completely overlooked or am I kind of on the right path? For fielding purposes, nobody cares. Ah, I'm being honest. Historically, <laughs> speak, historically speaking, I can't think of one example where a guy won MVP because not only was he great at hitting, but he was also a great defender. It might have been around, but I mean, Trout's good at everything. He's won a bunch yeah. of MVPs, but he didn't win it because of defense. It was because he was hitting 320 with 30 home runs and he had a bunch of crazy yeah. stats. But for fielding, I feel like that's more of an afterthought. That's what the gold gloves for, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it gets grouped into the MVP that much maybe for a catcher it would because that's a big piece of the job but there yeah. haven't been many catchers of one MVP Posey got it because he was great at everything but for the most part I think you have to be like generationally good at defense for that to actually matter in my opinion okay so fair enough so you, you don't think that would move the needle enough so uh, Sean Murphy then it's analytic people but for the most part they're going to be moved by the shiny object and Acuna stealing 70 bases. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've got Acuna in the book. So, Sean Murphy at 33-1 to 1 wouldn't really uh, blow your skirt up much. The point is they're on the same team. So, I think True if they're going to vote for a Brave, they're going to vote for Acuna. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, well, I'm wasting half a day. So. <laughs> votes, Acuna also had the series leg injury a couple of years ago. So, I don't want to say it's a sympathy vote because they won the World Series without him anyway. Yeah. But there might be a bit of a narrative there. Like, he is valuable, even though they won a title without him, so they're going to give him the MVP award. There is some narrative there. I know you already have it at 9-1, to one, so you're not going to complain if he wins the award anyway. But with both guys being on the same team, everyone will pivot to Acuna over Murphy, if I had to predict what they're going to be thinking. Yeah, Captain Cena pointing out the MVP award and war uh, are usually correlated as well. I think... Um... It's usually B war though. I'm I'm not sure about F four. Right, okay. It's usually B war that's correlated, but um. So yeah, if you're looking for an edge boost double down play of the day, um, I think probably Ronald Acuna is the is your best option because he's getting plus money. He's going to win. 
yeah, I totally agree. Plus money um, really looks like it's, it's it's too good to turn up. So if you're using, get across to Edge Boost, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Um, sign up today um, and you can use the little Edge Boost to pick up some money when Ronald Acuna does the business um, in October and November, whenever I give the awards out. Um, and I think that's got us to the end of our little Friday Turbo show, Scott. Um Anything else you want to tell the people before we let you get on with your horse racing weekend? Uh, not really. I was just looking forward to the overall weekend. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, just as a last talking point for the MVP award, the Angels have kind of thrown the criteria by themselves into the garbage because you used to have to be on a good team in order to win MVP. Yeah. Then Otani's won an MVP, Trout's won a bunch of MVPs, and wins apparently don't matter anymore. When you're looking at the Dodgers, though, or the Padres, teams with massive expectations – that have underachieved. Dodgers still a playoff team. I get all that. They're in second place right now. Do you think that's going to matter? Because I actually think it does. I think it kind of matters when a team drastically underachieves and they're still decent enough to be in the running for a playoff spot. But people just expected more. There might be a little bit of like a bitter taste in their mouth trying to back a player from an alleged, allegedly elite team and they're just mediocre. Didn't that matter that the Angels completely sabotage the actual importance of wins for a team for MVP? Speaking from my experience today, I would say yes, because I sat down with my computer and my little notepad and started looking at it. And immediately when I looked at the Padres, I didn't I just said when we were doing it, I'm not interested in the Padres. I don't and I bracketed them together. I didn't look at so, uh, Soto and Tatis separately. I looked at them together because they were on the Padres, and I'm not really interested in the Padres. I don't think they're going to be good enough. I did exactly the same with the Dodgers and Freddie Freeman. I think you could probably put the Yankees in there as well um, if, you, if you wanted to. So I think, that, and that was my just my experience sitting down doing that today. That is how I handicapped it. So I think if people are looking for a vote, I don't know why they wouldn't have exactly the same perception or reasoning that I had when I came to look at this um, as, a, as a project for me to do this afternoon. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think it's uh, it's definitely a factor. I think it should be, but that was kind of my point. But anyway, uh, yeah, find me on the NBA show. I know that Terrell and I did the Game 4 episode, so if you want some last-minute picks there, check that out. Besides that, have the Tennis Podcast, have another episode for the Women's French Open Final coming out in about an hour or so. Besides that, I'm also on the MLB show, obviously. The NFL show did an MVP breakdown with Terrell. Uh, besides that, though, do you want to just recap the picks once again before we officially close out? Yeah, I've got uh, for tomorrow night, I've got Oakland first five over the Brewers. Um, I have Colorado uh, plus 120 to take down the Padres and Cincinnati um, at the Reds uh, plus 140. Your picks were, Scott? Yeah, so I got to remember them. Uh, yeah, my lock was the <laughs> Reds' first five plus half a run in that same game. Uh, my total for the episode was the Diamondbacks team total over. Going to fade Matt Boyd there. And for my dog, I was going to fade Alcantara and take the White Sox. Uh, excellent. Well done. Um, Randy's just turned up. It turns out Randy um, dresses as Natasha on a Friday night. It's the weekend, Randy. You do whatever you like, uh, whatever floats your boat on a weekend. Um, and the, I never understand the comment. The YouTube watches always goes up in the last 90 seconds of the show. Uh, it happens on the Premier League show as well. People do like tuning in just to watch us say bye. So, yeah, Scott, have a great weekend. I can't tell you how jealous I am. Um, 
that you'll be at the Belmont tomorrow. I'll be watching that on TV. I'll be double parking with the Premier League, uh, the Champions League final as well. The luck in that one, if you don't want to listen to the show, if you've made it this far, I'll give you a treat. It's under 10 corners. Uh, it's a proper degen bet. Under 10 corners is minus 120. Fill your boots on that. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night with more baseball talk. Uh, hope there's a load of winners for you and um, whatever you're backing in between now and then. Um, but appreciate you joining us um, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.